Welcome to Food for Thought. Your table is now ready. Your servers will be Nate Geary and Bruce Nolan. Our specials today are cold, hard facts and fresh, hot takes. Can I get you started with... I'm sorry, just one moment. Can I get a little energy in here? it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumbling Vidcast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan, that's not Nate Geary, and this is Still Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F-words. Obviously, it's food and football, get your mind out of the gutter. The third one is the fresh face of my special guest co-host, the godfather of bad food Twitter takes and typos, it is... Ryan Sullivan. Ryan, thanks so much for being here, man. Bruce, how's it going, man? I've been looking, looking forward to this since you asked me this earlier in the week. Um, I love what you guys do over here, and I'm ready to do some uh, – always excited to spread my food takes to uh, to more people. Well, I appreciate you. You know, uh, some might consider spreading your food takes an act of terrorism. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's actually uh, – I'm pretty sure it's a line in the Geneva Convention that you're actually not allowed to do that. So I should probably check with the UN to make sure that we're not breaking any sort of international laws. Otherwise, you and I are both going to be war criminals coming up here soon. But before we get started, a reminder to hit all of the engagement buttons, like, subscribe, rate, review. We're going to try to get to as many comments as humanly possible tonight. So comment, comment, comment. But if you really want to get our attention, make sure you hit the Super Chat button and we will get to it. Now, Ryan. I have to start off right off the bat. For those of you who do not follow, first off, Ryan on Twitter, please do that. It's at SportsRock2 on Twitter. Ryan and I go way back, like years back. But he is known on Twitter, not just for his talented typos, but also for his horrendously unpopular food takes, which is just priceless. Just the worst possible food takes. I will say this, that Ryan and I actually share potentially the most unpopular food tick on Twitter. You and I actually have it in common, Ryan. And that is, I think coffee is trash. And so do you. So that right there pretty much gets us decapitated in like, I think 26 countries, just that. But I got to ask you, your food opinions. Let's just start with this. I want to talk about this a little bit. Where do you think this this particular style of food take comes from like where do you think if you're looking at overarching philosophy when it comes to your food takes what would it be i'll give you an example so last week on the show nate and i were talking about specifically cheese and how i made the argument that cheese melted on a hamburger or sandwich is perfectly reasonable but it doesn't always have to be that and it's based on texture differential and what i came to realized through my own self-discovery of this is that I care far more about texture differential and texture variance and profile in my food than most people. Most people, it's flavor, 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 flavor. For me, 
it's flavor and that's awesome, but it's also texture. It's the whole thing. It's the bouquet. It's the whole thing that comes along with food. So that is kind of a philosophy that kind of guides a lot of my food takes. But do you find that you have a philosophy that guides your food takes? Or is this just kind of, I'm just shooting from the hip and sometimes they don't even make sense. And sometimes they don't even line up. Like I'll like this thing and I'll like this thing, but I'll put them together and they're garbage. Are you, like, is there a, is there a method to your madness, Ryan? I wouldn't say there's a method to my madness. I there's but so it, when I go to a restaurant, right? I have buzzwords that I look for. Anything like Southwest, like something that comes with like a nice chipotle aioli or something with like a nice sauce. Like the sauce is very important to me with stuff. Anything that's like stuffed with cheese. I think some people would say I have a very um, young palate, a, the, a, akin to that of a of a teenager at sure, times. Yeah. But anything that that is cheesy anything i i get one of my one of my few true laws i guess i follow there's nothing that can't be made better with melted cheese or melted chocolate and you know it i guess i don't have any overarching philosophies i kind of just like what i like and uh you know like things like peanut butter i just i i can't i can't stand and anything like if you put spice in anything if you put your you know chipotle pepper paprika anything like that that's a pretty easy for me to go so i guess there's there's buzz things that i like but uh, I guess I wouldn't. There's no there's no laws that I follow when it comes to my food take. It's all just kind of what 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 uh what I'm feeling. Do you think that the reason why you have such a young palate is because you have such a young face? Are those two things combined? Like, is is there something to the youthful Ryan Sullivan that says, "Well, I've already got this thing going, and subconsciously I'm just going to kind of steer in this direction"? Is that part of this at all? Am I onto something here? Maybe subconsciously, maybe because I look like the students that I teach, the eighth graders that I teach, maybe that's part of it is that I've kind of assimilated their taste into my taste. So there may be some sort of uh, osmosis going there. You know, I see a lot of what kids snack on. So I think maybe that, you know, just by process, you know, just being around all that all day, maybe that's part of it. And yeah, yeah, I think that there might be some science going on there. It seems reasonable to me. It absolutely seems reasonable. Richard Russ says, whoa, wait, peanut butter and chocolate is amazing. I agree with you. But however, I think we have a peanut butter hater in the house right here. And I love it with you. There's so many bad takes that it could disqualify him from being on this show. But let's be honest, if I'm willing to have him on this show, even though he hates peanut butter, I mean, at this point, what else could you possibly say, <laughs> right? What else could you possibly say? The Mr. Peanut Butter Hater himself, Brian <laughs> Sullivan is here with me. So we are going to get into our hors d'oeuvres for the evening. And that is the big game is coming up. And you know, it's ironic because there's a lot of companies out there that are not allowed to use the word Super Bowl in their marketing promotions. So instead they say things like the big game, right? And so every time I say the big game, I always feel like there's an HR person or like over one shoulder of me. And there's like a marketing lawyer over the other side of me going, you're not allowed to say Super Bowl. <laughs> You're not allowed to say Super Bowl. So for me, every time I say the big game, that is. But it's it's coming around on Sunday. And for a lot of people, that means parties. Now, not for me, because I hate everyone, and I don't want anyone to spend time with me except for my wife. So my wife and I are having a party alone, because that's the best kind of party is the Nolan party. And we're making some foods for the Super Bowl. 
but I'm completely blanking as to right now what they actually are. So I'm sure hope that my wife is actually watching this show right now and can text me and remind me what we're having for Super Bowl. But for you, when you think of something that is iconically a Super Bowl food, you go, oh, well, that's a Super Bowl food. What are you thinking of? You know, I, I think for the Super Bowl, it, it's just a general pace of snacks throughout the day. Right, it's gotta be. I like that this section is hors d'oeuvres because I really think Super Bowl is a day of hors d'oeuvres and appetizers and dips. Right, I think it's one of the few holidays. I think we can call it at this point a holiday, where it's not where you're sitting down for one big meal. Right, even you know Christmas, Thanksgiving. Yeah, you have snacks out, but you sit down for one big meal. That's not what the. That's not what football. That's what the Super Bowl is. You're up. You're moving around. You're snacking. You're taking dips. That's what it's about. So dips, appetizers, and then, you know, uh, pizza, sure, wings, sure. But it's about it's about having an array of options as opposed to just having one or two options. And I love I love any sort of cheese-based dip that's going to be out on my table all day snacking on it. So that's where I start is always the dips. I agree with you. I think one of the things I had written down was that when it comes to Super Bowls, it's about grazing foods. Yeah. It's about foods you can graze on instead of meals. It's not, this isn't Thanksgiving. This isn't Christmas dinner. This is grazing. Dips, finger foods. It's a food event. It's not a meal. There are two different things when you associate that. It's not a meal. It's a food event. And so the meal is four hours long. Can you think of another meal as four hours long? No, it's not even a meal at that point. It's a food and event. It's a food destination. Now, of course, my wife, in typical Mrs. Nolan fashion, is watching the show right now and texted me to remind me what it is that we are having for the Super Bowl. And we're having dilly rolls, first off. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with a dilly no. roll, Mr. Sullivan, but a dilly roll is a, a dill pickle that has been wrapped in beef with cream cheese. Ooh. So you take cream cheese and you spread it on beef and you wrap up a dill pickle in this and you eat these things. Now, I was not familiar with the concept of dilly rolls. Is this and regional? Well, so the funny thing is I think the name is regional. People call it different things. Sometimes you call it like pickle wheels. You'll hear it called pickle wheels or pickle pinwheels. They'll cut them and things like that. And so for a lot of people, the name itself is regional but the dish itself is not i have lived all over the country and i have run into it pretty much everywhere i've gone but i haven't run into the same name everywhere i've gone so we're having dilly rolls as an appetizer because of course appetizers are big we are having salami crescent rolls we basically do um, pigs in a blanket except we do it with rolled up salami and gouda cheese instead oh of instead of hot dogs so you're wrapping up, you take a cheese stick, right? Like a like a mozzarella stick or something like that, you know, like a string cheese, yeah. right? Except not string cheese, usually it's gouda or sharp cheddar. And you'll wrap it in salami, and then you'll wrap that in the crescent roll, and you'll bake it. And it oozes out the sides. It's delightful. We're going to some of that. I got to tell you, I have a bunch of, every time you post a picture of food, I bookmark it. And I, I always mean to go back to them because everything you always post looks so, so good. It's mostly just because Mrs. Nolan is a genius. That's the reason why. And my, one of the issues that I run into is that 
Mrs. Nolan's talent level is so high that I, I absolutely write checks with my mouth that she then has to cash later on. <laughs> like that's totally a thing because there's nothing that I see made anywhere on television or in a movie or anything. And I think to myself, oh, Mrs. Nolan couldn't do that. She absolutely can't pull that off, right? At no point have I thought that to myself. So what happens is I'm like, yeah, yeah you should make that. And she'll look at me like, do you have any idea how complicated that is to make? I'm like, you could totally do it. You can totally do it. I have faith in you. And I, I, I can literally, I can just kind of almost see the eye rolls. Like, what are you getting into? You know, it's, it's like Top Gun. You know, my mouth is writing checks. I'm like, I can't cash. So we're having those. And then also we're going to have sliders. We are bigs, big fans of trying different types of sliders. I think there's a rumor that they're going to be filled with Asian pork and like a peanut coleslaw. I think that is what's oh going to happen. So that is what we're having. Because you can make a small plate of them if you want and take it over. Or you can just drive by and grab a single dilly roll. You can drive by and grab a single salami roll. You can drive by and grab one little slider. And so that becomes exactly the type of Super Bowl food that we're talking about. And now are these, these, uh, how much food are we talking here between the two? Are these one things that you can save and have throughout the week too? Because that sounds like a lot of food for... uh... For two, for two people? people? Yes, it is. First off, I like to eat. So it's not really a problem so much. But yes, you can absolutely. We, a lot of times we will make something on Saturday and we'll be eating it on Tuesday. That is a, a fairly common occurrence. And the sliders actually hold up shockingly well. You put them in a freezer bag or you can you can seal them and things like that. They actually, they actually end up being okay. So we're going to the comment section. Richard Rush says... They're having buffalo. I mean, of course, you're having buffalo chicken dip. I mean, you feel like it's required. Barbecue, little smokies, queso, seven-layer dip, pickle and cream cheese. Hey, hey, look at this. <laughs> this is what he says. Pickle and cream cheese dried beef roll-ups. That's it. That's the dilly roll. That's what he calls them, though. Pickle and cream cheese dried beef roll-ups. I'll level with you, Richard. You should just call them dilly rolls. It's a lot faster than that. You can save yourself a little bit. Now, when you say beef, is the what kind of beef? Is the beef already cooked? Does it cook in the dilly roll? It's already cooked. It's a, it's dried beef. Like dried beef. Like, it's yeah, it, it's beef that you would use for like um like a sandwich. You know, some people use roast beef. God. Gotcha. Some people use ham for it, but it's already made. It's already cooked beef. And gotcha. then he's having Phillies. T Dobbs says he's having salad, buffalo wings, and pizza. You know, here's the thing I appreciate. I appreciate the level of emotional investment where you can have Buffalo wings on the Super Bowl Sunday when your team isn't playing and not just cry in your sauce <laughs> the whole time. You know what? I don't think we've had a chance to talk about this. Real quick aside, Ryan, do you have a do you have a wing take for me? I imagine you have a, a, a wing take that I absolutely need to hear about. Oh, wing take? I don't know. I feel like I have pretty mainstream wing. T- I don't like blue cheese. I cannot stand, but I feel like we, I think we're the same on that one. I just, we are. I, I don't like blue cheese either. I can't, I don't think there's anything. I probably, I don't get them that often. I probably like boneless wings more than most people, even though you wouldn't classify those as wings, but I don't know. I feel like all my, all my, all my wing tastes are pretty, uh, main. I'm not a big fan. I guess here's one. I, I'm not a big fan of just straight mild or hot wings. Like I won't just hot hi- I won't just order hot wings or mild wings. It has to be a flavor, and you know the the uh, you know the, the go to the Cajun barbecue at or C- Cajun honey at Bar Bill 
you know, a spicy bar. It has to be some sort of flavor. I don't, I won't ever go just mild or just hot. I need a, a flavored, a real flavored wing. Are you uh, a flats guy or are you a drums guy? I don't think it's ever really made a difference to me. I really don't have any strong, strong opinions on that. Um, my fiance likes drums. So when we order wings, or no, she likes, she likes drums. When we, when we order, I'm, I'm a flats guy, but I don't really have any strong opinions on that. I guess I don't have, I don't really have any wild wings opinions. I know I, I got high feel bad. I got hyped up here with wild food takes and I don't know, but I don't have, I feel like my, my wings takes are pretty mainstream here. Trey says, I'm trying something new, making crab rangoon dip. Okay. I see you, Trey Hardy, in the comments. Crab Rangoon dip, putting us all to shame. Congratulations, Trey. That sounds delightful. So we're moving along past Super Bowl. And now we're going to start to integrate the Buffalo Bills into this conversation. And that is, Nate and I have a history of saying, okay, if that game was a food, what kind of food would it be? And you know what? A lot of this show is jokey-jokey. A lot of it's jokey-jokey. And even this is kind of strange. But when you create metaphors, the reason why metaphors exist is to help you make sense of things by drawing them closer to something you know. That's what metaphors are created for. You're a teacher. You know. That's the reason why human beings speak in metaphors. It's because they're trying to explain something that isn't always necessarily explainable. So they connect it and they tether it intellectually to something that people already know something about. So Nate and I do an exercise where we say, okay, if that game was a food, what kind of food would it be? And that helps us kind of walk through and process things. And last time we did this, we said, okay, if the, if the season as a whole was a food, what kind of food would it be? And now I'm going to ask you this. What kind of food do you want this offseason to be for the Buffalo Bills. I'll let you go first. So I said a sub, like a submarine sandwich. And I'm going to explain that. And I have a question for you, Bruce, before I go on. When, I assume somewhere, wherever you live, you have a sub place that you like to go when you get subs, a local sub place, right? I do. Okay. And do you always get the same sub or do you sometimes tinker with it? I always tinker. All right. So perfect. And this is going to go perfectly, right? This Bills team does not need to go super fancy this offseason. We do not need to buy a $50 steak. We do not need to buy an expensive salmon. We need something simple and efficient that's going to get a lot of things done. A sub can do a lot of things, right? You can, you know, if you get a big enough sub, right, you can split it over two meals. You know, you can, it has a lot of different parts to it. That's what the Bills, and it's normally not expensive. Good sub costs you 12, 15 bucks. And that's kind of what this offseason needs to be. You don't need to throw out the foundation. The bread of this team is solid. We don't need to start over. We don't need to do anything major. We need to tinker. We need to get, you know, you get, you know, get some salami, get some ham. So you get some speed, get a little bit of uh, power, get a little bit, right? They need little tweaks on this team. Like you might go to your sub shop, you know, this time you got honey mustard, Next time you get Dijon mustard, this time you got salami. Next time you get hot ham, this team needs to tinker to put them over the top. We don't need major changes. We don't need to spend a ton of money. You just need to tinker with the things that are there, like when you go and buy a sub. And like buying a sub, it needs to be, it can't be a ton of money because you need to build. You know, when you were on our show 
uh, on our show when we were back at uh, Buffalo Fanatics all the way back in the summer, you said it's about being as good as you can for as long as you can. And to do that, you need to ha- be, have smart, efficient off-seasons. Subs are a smart, efficient food. So I need this season to be like you're ordering a sub. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of tinkering. That's that's how I would like to see this offseason go. Sometimes you have somebody on the show and they just flat out understand the assignment. <laughs> what you just heard from Ryan Sullivan is an example of just understanding the assignment. I love it. I love the take. Here's what I came up with. I want the Bills offseason to be the missing ingredient. Now, I will tell you that I love barbecue. Huge barbecue guy. Big barbecue fan. However, I don't really use smokers very often. That's not really my thing. I use the sous vide for a pork shoulder recently. And I enjoyed it. And the next time I do it, I will do it exactly the way I did it with a slight modification. And then the time after that, I will do it again exactly the same way with a slight modification. I will isolate the variable until I find the one missing ingredient or missing process that gets me over the top. It gets me to exactly where I want to be as far as the quality of that pork. Because that's what? I made it. I was really happy with it. Here's what I wasn't happy with. When I went to go finish it in the oven and get the bark on it, I got a nice got a nice bark on it. But it got just a smidge drier than I wanted it to go. And because of that, I was thinking maybe this time I would go a little bit hotter and a little bit less time. But I'm not really sure. But I'm going to tinker with it until I get what I want. I have everything that I want. Everything that I want. Except for maybe that one thing. Now, I don't know what that one thing is yet. Quite frankly, I could make adjustments in lots of different ways. Much like the Buffalo Bills could approach this problem and say, gosh, we need more pass rush. They could approach this problem and say, we need better coverage in the backside. Neither one of those answers is necessarily wrong because they work together. But there is a missing ingredient. And the onus is on me after trying this fork a couple times to be able to find what that is to get over the top. Otherwise, I'm going to keep getting a good pork, but it isn't perfect pork. It isn't the Super Bowl of pork. It's good pork, and I'm excited about it. And quite frankly, if I had that pork every weekend for the rest of my life, I'd be perfectly happy. But I would always be wondering if I could have found a missing ingredient to get perfect pork. So for me, what I want the Buffalo Bills to be this offseason, as far as the food, is I want them to be the missing ingredient. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I, I think that's exactly it. I think we touched on, you know, a very similar point that at the end of the day, it's not throwing everything out and it's not, and it's not totally trying to overspend to fix it. Like you said, little spice, little change the heat. That's it. What you don't need to do is all of a sudden go out and buy a whole new rub. So I, I think we hit on two, you know, I think a lot of similar points right there. We go to the comment section. Andy Anderson says this bill's off season. I want it to be an all you can eat buffet. A succulent Chinese meal. Okay, so funny story. I went to a Chinese buffet last weekend for the first time in, I think, a decade. Wow. It was an adventure. 
my wife and I were in the neighborhood of a place that, and we just look at each other. It's like, you know what? Let's just let's just try a Chinese buffet. We haven't been to a Chinese buffet. It was a really, really slow time. There really wasn't anybody there. We were really worried about being packed in like sardines. And we're like, you know what? Let's give this a shot. Let's give it a shot. Let's do what we got to do to make this work. And we tried it. And I'll love it with you. I hope buffets never go away. I love buffets. I think they're great. I think they're fun for the whole family. So I will say that I'm not quite sure that the Bills offseason should be an all-you-can-eat buffet. That seems to me like something where the Bills would go splurging crazy on free agents and trading up in the draft. And that, that's what I feel like when a buffet. Now, when, when Andy says buffet, Ryan, are you thinking the same thing I'm thinking or are you thinking something different when he says buffet? No, no, I think that's what I mean. I, I think it's a lot of people. I think it's making a lot of moves, trying to throw a lot of stuff at the wall. Um, so that's how I read it too. And maybe if, uh, if, if you know, if, if that's not what he means, you know, come back, you know, drop another comment, Andy. But I think that's a that's what the Bills can't do, right? You we can't, you know, if you want to do an all you can eat buffet, you're gonna have to put that on your credit card. The Bills are gonna have to kick money down the line, take more money from Josh's contact, take more co- money from Dion's contract, and you know it'll be good in the moment, it'll be fun in the moment. But if it doesn't work out, it next year, the year after is gonna get a lot harder. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, moving along. Annie Anderson says, get girth on both lines. Okay, all right. All you can eat buffet in the term of let's get some heavies in here. Now I see where you're going with this, Andy, and I like it. I like it 100%. I like it. Jake says, first off, Jake's in the comments section. Just shout out to Jake, okay? Oh, big Jake guy. Jake Jordan, big fan. Just want to just point out, hi, Jake, in the comment section. The Bills need to go up to the buffet where they want all-you-can-eat carbs and fill yourself up with mediocre sides. (laughs) Then they just get one steak and add some above-average sides with good traits. That's a very, very complex metaphor that you just dropped on us. 
Jake. I appreciate it. I absolutely appreciate it. I, I like the fact that two people said buffet and neither one of them did I get correctly until Andy said, dude, like I'm talking about getting some big people. <laughs> Rob says same concept as Ryan. Bill should shoot for a cold stone creamery. Gosh, oh, let's quick, quick aside, quick aside. I love this show. <laughs> I love this show so much. I have Rob in the comment section going, the Bills should shoot for a Cold Stone Creamery offseason. Figure out the right mix-ins for a really good foundation to get the perfect dish. Speed, run stuffing, physicality. I haven't been to a Cold Stone in forever. So for me, <laughs> I'm absolutely, yeah, I'm absolutely down with that. Fun, I'm absolutely fun, down with that. Fun fact, Rob right there is going to be, is one of my groomsmen to be. So shout out to Rob for being a, a true homie coming through tonight in the uh, in the comments. He's actually, he's actually a Vikings fan, so he's uh, here for some Bills content. Rob, my man, thanks so much for stopping by, man. I appreciate that. First off, Ryan, I can't help but notice that I uh, I didn't get invited to your wedding. Um, <laughs> we haven't had any we haven't had any invites out yet. You gotta my, my, you gotta you know if you wanna if you wanna drop me your address, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. I appreciate that. Richard Rush says, Bruce, 50% mixture of water and apple cider vinegar in a spray bottle will help keep the pork moist and not dry. Yes, that's true. I didn't want to spray it on the outside for fear that the liquid mixing with the rub would mess with the ability of the pork to get a good crust and a good bark and a finish in the oven. So, yeah, I want to do that. I just don't want it to touch the outsides when I'm doing it. It's just it, it's tricky. It's really tricky. Alex says, wouldn't a buffet be like trading down for like five top 100 picks? <laughs> Nothing A-plus, but so much volume. Absolutely. Like yes. Like that. That's exactly what a buffet is, 100%. And you know what? It's fitting that Andy Anderson brings in Aaron Cromer and says, Aaron Cromer is either going to bring the physicality to Buffalo or bring the Buffalo to physicality. <laughs> and the next thing on our topics is food simile. And we're going to talk about the Bills' edition of offensive line coach Aaron Cromer because that was sort of the big news with the Bills' coaching additions this particular year. Now, there was another thing that came out today that was Bills-related, and it was specifically about Little Shermer getting hired by the Buffalo Bills. And somebody, I was having a chat with somebody privately, and they're like, hey, you know, Kyle Schurmer, defensive quality control coach. And I was like, hey, you know what? Um, I know so little about Kyle Schirmer's ability mentally as a coaching candidate that I have so little amount of insight to give to a former NFL quarterback signing on as a defensive quality control coach. Like, I, I don't even know what to say about that. He didn't play any of the positions he's going to be doing. And he hasn't been a coach, so... How would on earth would I know how good he is at cutting up defensive film, which is basically what he's going to be doing. But we are going to talk about Aaron Cromer, and we're going to talk about a food simile. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with food similes, this is the way it works. The Bills edition of offensive line coach Aaron Cromer makes me feel like, and then we're going to have something food related. I'm going to start the Bills edition of offensive line coach Aaron Cromer makes me feel like I'm going back to my usual pizza joint after feeling adventurous for a while and not getting the same results. That's what it feels like. So you have a usual pizza joint. A lot of people 
have a usual pizza joint. But sometimes you get kind of tired of that. And you're like, listen, I'm not saying that this other pizza joint down the road, I'm not saying it's going to be better. I just need it to be different. And then you go out and you have that other pizza joint. And you have a third one. And you have a fourth one. And yeah, okay, it's different. And there's some novelty in being different. But it wasn't really better. And when you come back to your normal pizza joint, you go, ah, there it is. I know what I'm going to get. For a long time, when it came to the Buffalo Bills offensive line dialogue that happened on social media, the question was, uh, should we be worried about Bobby Johnson? Because Cody Ford wasn't developing. And Spencer Brown had his rough moments after a really good start. And people started thinking, okay, well, how much of this is Bobby Johnson? The answer is, I don't know. He wasn't an offensive line coach anywhere else. I have no frame of reference for whether or not the variable has been isolated as the players or the variable has been isolated as the coaches. I don't know. But with Aaron Cromer, we have that variable isolated. We know Aaron Cromer is a good offensive line coach. He's been a good offensive line coach for a very long time. So for him, the ability of having that safety, the ability of going, ah, there's my pizza place. I know, I know, I know that he's a good offensive line coach. I'm not saying he's the best offensive line coach in the football, but he's a, he's a perfectly good offensive line coach, which means now I can feel more comfortable knowing that if you don't develop under this guy, it's probably you. Yep. It's probably not him. And that right there, that's a huge part of isolating the variable as far as dialogue goes when it comes to Bill's offensive line. Because one of the things that really messes with dialogue and messes with narrative is who do you blame? People are like, I don't know who to blame. So we just start throwing stuff out because we're frantic and we're grasping at straws and we're going, I don't know who to blame. The offensive line isn't good. Who do I blame? The Bills didn't start Ryan Bates until way later in the season. Who do I blame? Cody Ford isn't developing. Who do I blame? And some people are like, oh, you blame the coaches. Some people are like, oh, you blame the players. It's never really 100-0. It's always sort of somewhere in the middle. But when it comes to Aaron Cromer, it's just like going back to your favorite pizza place because we had him before. And when we had him before, the offensive line was perfectly reasonable. And so now that we've got him again, I go, okay, I'm good. This is my pizza place. I'm comfortable now. How do you feel? So I said, it's like, it's like the seasoning on Ken Dorsey's steak for me. And, And let me explain that. So I'm not like you. I'm not like you drew over at uh, rock pile. Greg, you guys are excellent at cooking meat. I can cook a lot of things. Well, I have not, I don't have a grill. I haven't yet mastered how to cook a steak and I'm learning. I'm okay at it. I'm nowhere near some of the wonderful people we see on grills mafia. So, and a lot of meat purists, steak purists will tell you all you put on your steak is salt and pepper. Well, I'm not quite there as a chef yet. I'm not quite there as, as as someone who can cook a steak yet. Ken Dorsey, for as much success as it seems like he's had as a quarterback coach, has never called plays at any level in any, substan- any substantial way. It, let alone had to develop any sort of run game. Aaron Cromer has been in this league a very long time. He's been an offensive coordinator, wasn't a play calling offensive coordinator, was an offensive coordinator, so he knows functionally what it looks like 
on a week-to-week basis, making a game plan, making a run game. He's been a head coach before. Granted, it was six games during the Sean Paytonless Saints year, but he has experience. And you top that off with someone like Joe Brady, who has a really unique passing background. It's going to be that garlic powder, that onion powder, that's going to help Ken Dorsey's steak pop. He's not quite, you know, we don't know how he's a play caller. He's probably going to need a little bit of help. You bring in a guy who is an experience at cooking steak, can make a steak taste really good, knows exactly how long to do it, maybe has some fancy tools to know when exactly what temperature it is on the inside. Maybe has a smoker, has, you know, has really cool, you know, it just has that touch. That's what he is, right? He, he, you know, and I think the big thing with him, you know, we talk about development with him and yes, obviously he's had, you know, he made central Henderson a really good, you know, not really good, but a, but a passable tackle for a year in his couple years here in Buffalo. And I think it's telling that, you know, despite some off the field issues when he was in Buffalo, he got hired as offensive line coach after that shouldn't tell you what people think of him as offensive line coach. Cause the NFL, you know, they'll, they'll kick, you know, they'll, they don't have the same patience with coaches as they do players with some of that stuff. So it should tell you that he's really good at his developing players, but also just the run game. I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the run game and how he can develop this run game. Something that Ken Dorsey might not know a whole lot about. So Ken Dorsey is he's cooking this steak for the first time. And he's learning. He can use that seasoning, that garlic powder, the onion powder to really help him as he's figuring this out. Wow. I kind of like that. That's really good. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate, Nate had better watch out. Nate had better be better be careful. If he keeps skipping food for thought, I'm gonna have a new co-host. It's gonna be we're gonna be the godfathers of bad food ticks right here. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna call up Ryan and give him an offer he can't refuse. It's gonna be a thing. It's gonna absolutely be a thing. Go in the comments section. Andy Anderson says, Oh yes, last year I found a pizza place in Pittsburgh called Mandy's. It's literally the closest thing I found to Western New York pizza. Went back last night. It was worth it. There is something so special about finding a new pizza place. There's something special about finding a new restaurant in general. I am not an adventurous person. Nobody in my life who knows me. So all one of the people who knows me in my life would not describe me as being adventurous. However, I'm always up to try a new food place because there's something special about the addition of a new food place to your quality of life. And that is, you start considering all the, all of the possibilities. You know, this could be our place, baby. That's what you tell your wife. You're like, this could be our place. This could be our place, you know? My wife and I have moved quite a bit in our relationship. And every time we move to a new place, we're always trying to find the, the check. And what I mean by that is, we'll go down and say, okay, we got to find a pizza place. We got to find some sort of Asian food we really like. We have to find a steak place we really like. We have to find a fast food place we really like. We have to find a, and keep going, wings we really like, and a diner we really like, and a place for breakfast we really like. And we just keep going down. And sometimes this will take us years to be able to cross off all these things off to our list. I will tell you right now that I have lived in my current location for longer than you would think for me to find a place that my wife and I say, that's our pizza place. Like that's our pizza place. And this is our pizza order. It took me a unreasonable amount of time to be able to do that. So it's a huge quality of life thing. 
Now, we are going to try to wrap this up with the winners and losers from this week in the NFL. Now, historically, Nate takes this opportunity to put himself as the main person and just goes like this right there. I literally just butted Ryan directly out of the screen. <laughs> Nate just says, oh, no, all eyes on me. He does that. And then he tells everyone that he is the biggest winner in the NFL this week and that the Dolphins are the biggest losers. And then he'll want me to put that up on social media so he can antagonize some Dolphins fans. But you would not antagonize Dolphins fans because you're too busy antagonizing all the people who love coffee. So, Ryan, hit me with your biggest winner and your biggest loser in the NFL this week. All right. I have a lit. So I'm going to I'm going to pick one. I have two. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Lovey Smith. Just because, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say about the, the Texans process to get to this point, the man has collected bag over the course of his career. He made money over in Illinois. He had two NFL jobs before this. He found his way back into the NFL after getting fired from Illinois. And after getting fired from Illinois, he is now back as a head coach in the NFL. I don't know how we'll do. I don't know if we'll be another guy to fall on the sword for youth pat the youth pastor over there in Houston, but good for him. Good for him. Hopefully if he does, he gets the David Cully, uh, go sit on the beach for, you know, two years and make 20 mil package, but good for him for, for collecting that bag. And I am too busy antagonizing every, <laughs> I just, I like antagonizing people in general. Um, and then the losers, yeah, I'm going to go the Washington Commanders, just a team that can, man, not to get too serious, but cannot get good press at all. You talk about trying to investigate yourself or some of the stuff they're being investigated for and just a team that I feel really bad for their fans and just an absolute mess of an organization. And, you know, I talked about Lovey being a winner and, you know, despite how much of a mess Houston is and it's like Houston and Washington is constantly in this battle for who can be the most messy organization. Right now, Washington is winning by miles. So I, I they've been the biggest loser for the last couple of years here. But this week, with some of this new news is coming out, is is ridiculous. Wow. I mean, you really kind of laid it on heavy there with the loser thing. How am I supposed to come back with a, with a lighthearted <laughs> winner and loser? I just don't know. Okay, so for me, I'm going to go loser first. I'm going to go Kyler Murray. And the reason why I'm going Kyler Murray is because, quite frankly, we don't know what all of his cryptic, you know, Instagram stuff is about. But the problem is when you start to get cryptic, people start to take their opportunities to say, oh, I never really liked him anyway. So what I had is I had a conversation with a few Browns fans the other day. And mind you, they're dealing with the Baker Mayfield hopefully returning to form after shoulder surgery situation right here and hoping he becomes the guy. And they were talking about, well, maybe, you know, Kyler Murray's not very happy. Maybe if he's not happy, we could trade for him. And they're literally fighting about whether or not Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback who you're willing to give $50 million a year to. And that never would have happened. Nobody would have had as negative of an opinion about Kyler Murray if he wasn't cryptic. That cryptic stuff brings all the stuff out of the woodwork and all the bad PR and all the people who go, you know, I never really liked him anyway. <laughs> You know, I never really thought he was a winner. The team culture. You know, there's whispers all sorts of all over the place from people who now all of a sudden have things to say. 
about Kyler Murray. So listen, if you want to be cryptic on social media, that's fine. First off, I can't stand it. I cannot stand the fact that we live in this culture where everybody's got to be cryptic on social media. I know that you've probably seen the famous tweet from Carter Dominic, where he yep. describes the different types of tweets and social media posts from different positions on the football field. And the quarterback's like, yeah, man, love my team, you know, and the tight end's like derp. And the wide receiver is always like, <laughs> the enemy is soft and carries a dagger. It's like, what is this cryptic weirdness? That's the stuff you leave for weirdo wide receivers, Kyler. Like, this is the type of behavior for weirdo wide receivers. So for me, Kyler Murray, biggest loser of the week. Biggest winner of the week, our man, our myth, our legend, our guy, Josh Allen. Biggest winner of the week. I don't know if you've been paying attention at all to Josh Allen's run of press tour that's been happening, but the man is not a star inside Buffalo. He's just a star at this point. And so his star is as bright now after the game against Kansas City and his likable appearances on multiple different radio shows and interviews that for me, Josh Allen is a star. He, he, I have a very reasonable chance that you're going to start to see him on commercials and things like that. And here's what I don't want to have happen. I wanted to bring this up specifically so I could say this thing. Please don't do that thing where he throws an interception and you go, maybe he should do less commercials. Don't do that. Don't do that thing. Maybe he should do fewer commercials. Don't say that thing. I beg of you. I beg of you. Baker Mayfield was not bad this year because his commercials were so good. And yes, Baker Mayfield's commercials are fantastic. I so agree. you can take your hate elsewhere. But the biggest winner in the NFL this week is the star potential of Josh Allen. So for it, me, biggest winner. What do you think? It re- no, it really is amazing how uh, one of the things that has amazed me about Allen since he's gone to Buffalo is how he just always seems to say the right thing and how he always, you know, he takes everything in stride and he's, you know, I think sometimes guys like that can come off as ungenuine, but he really comes off as a super genuine guy. You know, you, you look, there was the one that I saw on Twitter where, or where I don't know who was interviewing him, but asked for 13 seconds of silence. I would have got up and walked away like it. He, he just, he seems to really, doesn't take himself too seriously understands what it means to be a franchise quarterback and, you know, knock on wood just never is never really had any major media slip ups to this point. And he's going to have a lot more opportunity for media slip ups for sure. But his ability to remain cool under media pressure, his ability to consistently say the right thing and do the right thing and not put the organization in a bad light. It's part of quite frankly, being the face of a franchise. And I think that there is a significant difference between a franchise quarterback and a face of the franchise. I think franchise quarterback is determined by your contract and your standing and your face of the franchise is determined by something else entirely. And not a lot of times can you be both. And when you do have both, that's special and you enjoy it regardless of whether or not your team win a Super Bowl every single year. So we are in the golden age of Buffalo Bills football, regardless of whether or not the Bills won the Super Bowl this year. Because every year they could. 
every yep. year they could. Be as good as you can for as long as you can and hope you get lucky. So for me, biggest winner this week, Josh Young. Mr. Sullivan, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I hope everybody in the comment section had a good time. I hope all the listeners to this podcast on Saturday morning had a good time. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and kind of what you're up to? No, I appreciate that. It was a lot of fun. This was a blast. Um, I've always enjoyed your content, Bruce. It was really fun to come on, come on to, to your show. So I'm at Sports Rock 2 on Twitter. Um, I have a website that I'm trying to get back into. Hopefully you'll have something up next week at Sports Rock 2 or at SportsRock.us. It should be, the link should be in my bio on Twitter right there. I'm also helping out Casey Reed, another um, former BF friend who started a website called Monday Morning Draft. And I'm just kind of doing a weekly where I pick a player and write about him. Last week I did fellow uh, nutmegger, uh, state of Connecticut, uh, Travis Jones. This week I'm I, this week it should be dropping tomorrow ish. Um, I'm doing Arnold. I wrote an article on Arnold and MBK out of Penn State, who I really like. So I'll be doing something there. Casey drops a uh, um, Monday morning mock draft every week. They have some other guys writing stuff over there, so I'm helping out there too. So I'll be writing around, writing here and there, writing. So I'll still be making content and stuff, and hopping on podcasts every now and again. But if you want to know exactly what I'm doing at Sportsrec too on Twitter. I would encourage you to follow him. Um, I've been following him for a really long time, and uh, I always I always have great interactions with Ryan, and uh, I'm glad we finally got a chance to do this. Ryan was gracious enough to have me on his show uh, last year, and so now it's my opportunity to return the favor. So I thought there was never a better opportunity than this. So for those of you who are in the comment section, for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, for those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, we hope all of you enjoyed the show. We hope all of you enjoyed all the courses of tonight's meal, and we hope you didn't leave hungry.